I've never done this, Rachel. I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, we'll just have to let go and let God. We're getting it. That's right. You are listening to This Is Us podcast, brought to you by Joanne, the Life Coach Podcast Productions, which includes Weight Coach and Widowcast. I'm Joanne Philomena, the best-selling author of Widowed, and my co-host is Rachel Nachmius, best-selling author of The Face of the Business. It's me. Hey, we've got to get our shameless plugs in there. Like, look at my board behind me. Oh, uh, yeah, no yeah. No shameless plugs on my podcast, JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. <laughs> get it. Hey, so, it is what it is. Belatedly, we are here to discuss the finale for season one. Yay, finally. You know, we were going to do it like, what was it, like a month after it ended? Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden it was like, you know what? We're going into a new season. Let's do something really special with this. Let's throw it up on Facebook Live and let, let our loyal listeners see us <laughs> and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. This is unclipped, unedited, right? Totally yeah. live and Hopefully, the sound is recording so we can throw this up on the podcast. Let's hope. Let's hope. So, episode one, Moon Shadow. You know what? Before we get started, I just wanted to say, you know, this morning, because we're doing this, I started to get really excited about the season two premiere. Yeah. And I think what it is, there's like so much going on in the news today. That is all that hate on hate stuff. Like every time you try to look at the news, I can barely stand to look at it. I cannot wait for this show to come on with this emotional, loving story of family. And just even in their dysfunctional lives, it's going to feel like back to normal (laughs) to watch something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, just let me escape into a TV show that's just makes me cry, makes me feel good, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, This Is Us has uh, that unique kind of blend of being sort of, I guess I would say, pure in a way of being like very, like, not that it's not, doesn't have darkness, but that it's got like a cleanness to it almost. Yes, it does. Being, you know, cheesy or forced or any or like feeling unreal. So I think that's what's really special about this show. So true. Plus, when we get those little step backs in time, all those little look backs cut in and out, it's like going back to such a gentler time in the world. I mean, I know in the 70s and 80s, at least well in the early 70s, which I was part of, there were, you know, like riots and protests, but not like you're seeing today, you know, and it was just, it was just feels like such a nicer time. Yeah. Well, I, I miss that, but I certainly still enjoy the nostalgia on the show. Well, get the nostalgia. I'll fill you in when they're trying to show like 19, 
79 clothing. I'll set it. I'll set you straight, Rach. I remember it. Fortunately, I don't think I have any actual pieces left in my closet. <laughs> I might have up to just a few years ago. Uh, my daughter already copped all my jewelry from the 70s and 80s. She was like, this stuff is primo. <laughs> and I'm going, you want that pin? Take it. Yeah. So, um, right. Season one. Started with 13 million viewers and ended with 17 million viewers. This is crazy. Very crazy. Because I would say even a lot of successful shows, because every now and again I look, I read the Wikipedia page for a show that yeah. I love. A lot of successful shows still start out with more viewers on like episode, the early episodes than they have later. And that doesn't mean they won't get renewed or won't be successful. But the fact that this show has grown, I think, is testament to how much people not only just love it, but also really want to share it with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They tell their friends. It's yeah. like it's the one show that when you go to the water cooler at work, do they still have water coolers in offices. I don't know. But, you know, when you see your friends at work, it's that one show that you ask them the next morning. Hey, did you see This Is Us? And you talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shows like that. Like yeah. I, Game of Thrones, I guess people talk. I, although with something like Game of Thrones, if you try to talk about it the next morning, there's seven people who all turn around and go, don't spoil it. I haven't right. seen it yet. Right. Right. <laughs> I guess that's a little bit like anything nowadays. A lot of people, um, you know, you know, I don't have cable TV. I don't have TV at all. I watch all my TV on the internet. So I never see This Is Us on live on TV, except for when we watch the finale, because oh, Joanne yeah. and I actually got to be in the same room together watching the finale. And we were also joined by our mentor and friend, Angela Loria, who's been right. on the show before. Right. That was fun. That was yeah. at the castle. I had forgotten we watched it at the castle. Yeah, that was a treat. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a treat. And actually, back if you go back in this season, Angela Loria was a co-host on one of the early podcasts in the season before mm -hmm. Rachel and I connected. And it was love at first sight. We were like, yeah. will you just be my permanent co-host? <laughs> it was so perfect. Okay, for those of you who are here, um, throw a comment down in the comment section so we know who is here. Yeah. Tell okay. us what you thought about the finale of last yeah. season. Totally, it's totally. Put comments in there. Ask us questions. You can comment away to each other and discuss it as we're discussing it. More fun. The more the merrier. Also, you can share this on Facebook right now. Like, hit a share button or tag your friends in the comments to make them come watch it so they don't miss it. Because I know, hey, 17 million viewers, you must have friends that watch this. I think we all do. Yeah. That's like only being once removed from Kevin Bacon. Whatever it is, it's like everybody has watched this pod, uh, not this podcast, this TV show. So um, let's get into the episode. Right? This is Moon Shadow. And we pick up at the start of the episode. Oh, do you remember this? Jack in his car, and he's driving to go see Rebecca where she's supposed to sing. But he's mm -hmm. got a pile of empty beer cans on the seat next to him, and he's pounding mm -hmm. another one down. 
and you yeah. see all the lights looking blurry and I was freaking out. Well, like, is this it? Is this where he dies now? Clearly they were teasing that. Yeah. Um, on purpose. Although to be fair, I had read in an article, um, that Milo said, listen, Jack's death, we haven't filmed it yet and it's not going to be in this season. So I already sort of knew, I was like, I don't think he would have lied in that interview. So I already sort of knew it wasn't coming, but it still Mm -hmm. sort of freaked me out. See, the actors are the worst spoilers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Telling us this stuff ahead of time. So um, he pulls up in front of the Biltmore Hotel where she's going to be singing, and he starts remembering. We get the flashback of when he's fixing Mrs. Peabody's car. Right. She's a widow. She's got the, her husband's old hot rod super sport still. Right. Um, she says to Jack, she thinks she might just sell this, the super sport that she should sell it. You know, being widowed, it's hard to let go of your husband's car, but you get to a point where it's like, you know, I need to just sell that. I don't need it. And Jack's going, no way. This you can't sell a super sport. Right. It's like yeah. some classic year super sport. Uh, she gives him five bucks. He just fixed a little oil leak under it or something for her. And um, she says she wished she could pay him more. But since Hank passed away, I have to be so careful, which, you know, I coach widows. I know that I am a widow. I know that feeling of, you know, you, you have no idea what's going on with your finances. just want to be careful so she's being really careful about that and um i love this jack says well you know what if you have any friends that could use me i do anything i'll mow lawns i'll fix their cars if you want to give you know make recommendations referrals and i'm watch. i was re-watching this morning and i'm going that's what I always forget when I talk to my clients. I always forget to say, hey, refer me to someone. <laughs> like, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack has got it already, right? He's already this wheel and deal and entrepreneur. Totally. Jack, you know, Jack definitely hustles. Um, yeah. And you see that throughout the series. Right, right. So she's like, I would love to recommend you to my friends. And then she says, you know what? I have a granddaughter who would be perfect for you. Right. Or she wishes she has had a granddaughter for him and then realizes her friend's granddaughter would be perfect. And she wants to fix him up. Right. You know, Jack looks a little horrified, like no guy wants to be roped into a blind date. Most Uh, of us ladies don't either. Yeah, okay. by somebody's grandmother also. Right, right. Um, but she says, oh, Jack, just, you know, take her out. It would make me so happy. And what could he say to her? I have to try that out on people. Mm. Like, you know, since my husband died. And if you do this, it'll make me so happy. <laughs> I'm really picking up some cues from this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jack agrees. He's like, yes, yes, I will. Okay. Then we go to um, Rebecca, young Rebecca, still back in the early days before they met, having dinner with her girlfriends. And if this, they ask if she's bringing anyone to the wedding. I'm so glad you didn't ask. For our listeners who don't know, Rachel is getting married later this month, and I'm coming oh. to her wedding. <laughs> and well, I 
that too. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, how hard when you're single and somebody says, well, are you bringing someone? Well, I mean, I just assumed, I, of course, you knew that you were, we would love to have your guest with us. Um, but I assume if somebody doesn't send back a card that says they're bringing a guest, there's no reason to. There's continue. no guest. I know. I don't even have a cat to bring. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked Rebecca if she's bringing someone to the wedding. And she says, please don't set me up. I'm fine. All right. Just yeah. don't try to set me up. I'm focusing on my career. And they say, oh, you mean the singing, <laughs> right? Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, her friends totally don't believe in her. Yeah. They're like, you need something to fall back on. You know, what are the odds that you're going to make it big with? I mean, you've got a beautiful voice, but, you know, yeah. it's hard to, to break through that. And, yeah, go ahead. Oh, people always want to tell you that when you're in a creative field. Do you know how many people would have been like, Oh, definitely keeping a stylist. That's going to work out for you. <laughs> I know. I know. No, they're like, oh, I'm sure you get a client here and there, but you should probably have a real job. It's like, no, thank you. I think that's how people kind of were with me in the beginning when I went for a coach certification. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're going to be a life coach. Like, is that a real thing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pretty real. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. So her friends, um, and this is so indicative of the era that we're looking at, because her friends think that what she really needs is a man to fall back on. Right. Yeah. They tell her you need to diversify. And they don't mean she should get a waitress job. They mean you need to find someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just, you know, um, honestly, like that was definitely much more of the prevalent mentality. but. I think some a lot of people still think that now. I think a lot of people think. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I do. A lot of people think, um, you know, a young woman should be finding um, and marrying a man who can always support her. Um, yeah. Like it, they're it's different. Like they're not saying don't pursue your career, but I do think there are still a lot of people who um, at least expect young women to sort of choose their mate at least partially by um their financial prospects right right and you know it was so prevalent back then I'm trying to see how i can swipe and see who has joined us and i can't mm. tells me i can but i can't um it was so prevalent back in those days when i was out of high school and I wanted to go to college, my dad wouldn't send a girl to college. Right. He was like, you're just going to get married and have babies anyway. Right. I'm, and I'm going, no, remember me, the weird daughter, the young one who does yeah. all the bizarre stuff. I probably should have a college education, you know. But yeah. they were like, no, they expected that. And when I wasn't married by, you know, the time I was 19, 20 years old, they were like, oh, JoJo's going to be a spinster. Yeah. <laughs> Please, but that's how it was back then. Like, right. you know, you have to have yeah. a man. Um, so now we come back to um, the time period where Jack is waiting outside the Biltmore. And he goes into the club. Um, she's not on stage yet. He goes up and he orders a bud with a bourbon back. 
yeah. you know he's already like soused <laughs> yeah well the the thing about that is it's it's self-perpetuating once you're at a level like i guess so you just this is my experience like the, I think the more you drink, the more like your brain tells you to keep drinking. It's like when you're when you're not drinking too much, that's when you're like, oh, I better taper back now. Right. Yeah. So true. So um, the band leader goes into her dressing room, which I questioned because I was like, really, this is a club. She has a dressing room. I didn't, yeah. you know. I don't know many clubs back in the day that had dressing yeah. but yeah, I anyway. guess from a plot standpoint. Yeah. For storyline, she's like back in a dressing room. Yeah. And she's panicking and she's scared and she's filled with self-doubt. Um, who is the guy that's the leader? That, ben. Ben does. This was the one she used to date for a very short period of time. He takes her hands and tells her it's going to be great. Right. And she says, I feel like a mom playing dress up. Right. Like how many times have we all felt like that? That's your Ballywick, Rachel. Any anybody out there who feels like a mom playing dress up when they try to do their career? You need to look up Rachel Nachmius's page. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, um, you know, how we're how we're dressing just um, so much is a part of our identity. And, um, you know, when you get used to being in the mom uniform for a long time, it's really hard to see yourself a different way. Right. Right. And there she was suddenly in, you know, the, the dress and, you know, all made up. And she just felt like, you know, it's like a mom playing dress up. Yeah. So um, he's trying to calm her down. He leans into her. They're like this close already anyway, right? Right. Like, so he leans in to kiss her. Yeah. And she just immediately backs off going, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? Right. And then she said, and I thought this was kind of a weird mental leap because she immediately said, is this why you asked me to join the band? Oh, I didn't think that was a weird mental leap. That's kind of what I've been thinking the whole time. Okay. Okay. Um, And she says Jack was right. She says he was right. And why? Why, Ben, did you have to do that? Yeah. Okay. And, And we see her go stalking out across the club. Jack doesn't see her. His back is to her. She doesn't see Jack up by the bar. And she calls home and she leaves a message for Jack saying, you were right. I miss you. I wish you were here. I mean, I'm dying now because it's like, he's right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> he's right behind you. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those those moments when uh, the, you know, the knife goes in right after he drinks the poison or whatever. Yeah. Like he wakes yeah. up right after he drinks the poison. Um, like they're sort of doing the ship's passing in the night routine. Right, right. And he then goes back downstairs backstage looking for her and runs into Ben. Yeah. Right. And he's way liquored up. Yeah. Boy, be liquored up. 
<laughs> and ready. And you know, to be having that interaction. Yeah, and Ben says, hey, this is kind of a big night for us. Don't punish her just because I crossed the line. <laughs> That's when Jack just swings on him, right? And Rebecca shows up and the guys are, you know, they're pulling guys off of them. Yeah. Um, and Rebecca just takes charge because she's like, I'll be right out there. They're, they're helping Jack out of there. And she's like, I'll be right out there. Don't let him get in the car by himself. Right. Okay. So she already knows like, hey, he's drunk. I got to drive him home. This is off. And she tells Ben it's all over. Yeah. You know, she realizes now she can't go back to singing. That's a tough thing. And then we get that throwback to Jack with his parents. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that with his dad? Um, his dad was sitting there with a bottle of Jack Daniels in front of him. Yeah. And being super verbally abusive. That was hard scene for me to watch. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have, I didn't have like an abusive father in any way. And it was still hard for me to watch that scene. Well, we love these characters, you know. So it's, it's tough to watch that. And also to know that that is a reality for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Man, that was rough. That was ugly. And Jack goes upstairs to his room in the attic. He's in an unfinished attic. Um, and counts the money he saved in his box and he adds uh, the five bucks from that day or however much he made that day into the box. Yeah. Um, then we cut to him standing outside of a brick building drinking with his bun his buddy who he just refers to as D. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to get the building so they can open their car repair business together. Right. Um, and the friend oh, yes. says, he's been trying to start a business for so long. <laughs> no. And his friend's saying, we're never going to have enough. Yeah. Right. Because Jack's like, how much did you make today? This is how much I made today. Um, and then he says, you know, hey, what about your cousin's poker game? And his friend is like, no, 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 no. Too dangerous. Right. And Jack's like, no, really. When's the next game? Yeah. Right. Um, and we see Rebecca kind of in the same ish time frame. Right. Getting a letter from a recording company saying thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. And she's clearly like devastated. Yeah. OK. And she also has the wedding invite there. She picks it up and it's like, you know, God, I don't want to go alone. So she calls her friend up to see about the guy that her friend wanted to set her up with. Right. I'm to diversify. Like, let me meet this guy. Right. So, um, yeah, Jack goes and gets all his money to go to the poker game. Yeah. Gets a call from Mrs. Peabody about meeting up with her friend's granddaughter. So he writes down the details. Mm -hmm. And he's plotting with his buddy to do the poker game. And his buddy is still saying, this is not a good idea. Yeah. He tries to talk them out of it, but they go in. Jack on the first hand wins a huge pot. Right. And then does the stupid thing. Says, you know, I think this game's too rich for my blood. And they're like, wait a minute. You only played one hand. Yeah. Right. You haven't finished your drink. 
In other words, you have not given us a chance to win back our money. You don't walk out on the game. Yeah. Which I think is kind of poker etiquette. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, especially knowing that these are people who could be dangerous. I don't know what he was thinking. I sort of thought the scene was dumb in a way. Yeah, it made him seem really greener than he was. Yeah, like it's making him come across very naive. Maybe he was supposed to be at this point in his life, but um, it seems like he wouldn't be. Like he grew up with a pretty hard life. That tends to give you a little street smarts. Yeah, a little bit of edge. Enough that when they got out the door, they should have just ran. Yeah, at least they were going to leave. They should Instead have. of talking about it, like, wow, I think you won $1,500 in there. And he's like, yeah, sometimes the good guys win. I'm thinking, run. <laughs> Just freaking yeah. run. Right? So, of course, he gets jumped, beat up. They take all the money out of his pocket. Right. Um, it's just not good. And Jack talks about... Um, being a good man just gets is getting him nowhere yeah. trying to be a good man okay so then we cut back to rebecca is now driving drunk jack home from the club where she was going to sing jumping back and forth in time yeah and um she doesn't even want to talk to him she's like not in this condition we can't we can't discuss this yeah right so she's like silent treatment Okay. Yeah. Um, they arrive home. She goes over, plays, deletes her message. Jack says, I don't know what to say. And she's just getting the frozen peas out of the freezer, sets down a cup of water. Um, and he says, you know, he tries to apologize and says he wants to fix it. And she says, well, how long? How long have you been drinking? Yeah. And he said a couple weeks. And she said, I had no idea. And he said, of course you didn't. You haven't been around. So this just kind of breaks the whole thing through. Yeah. Okay. They have that big blow up um, where she starts yelling at him saying, look, I have no life. Yeah. And this is so common. I, you know, I don't know if people realize this. Like Rebecca's 40 years old. Her kids are all teenagers now. So mom is no longer cool, and they kind of ignore her. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jack is ignoring her because he's, like, working, drinking with his friends, coming home and crashing. Mm -hmm. So, And she says, I feel like a freaking ghost in my own house. Yeah. And I think at the age of 40, I said the same exact words. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? I mean, when she said that, it was just like, oh, my God, somebody looked in on my life. To write this segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I remember that, that's honestly a, a point at which a lot of clients come to me um, because they've been dressing like a ghost too, honestly. Right. Um, just it's always been, you know, you get into that mode, I think, when the kids are really little where it's like, let's just be clean and not naked. Um, and. <laughs> And then, like, you know, before you know it, they're teenagers, and they don't really need you to be there so much every single second right. that you don't have time for more than that. Um, but it's almost like, well, now why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Like, 
um, it's just a point yeah. at which. Um, it's like your whole presence is just taken for granted at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and he demeans her in this argument for wanting to sing in clubs. You know, it's like they get meaner and meaner with each other. She's saying, go ahead, Jack, let your father out. Let your father out. Which is just like waving a red cape in front of the bull, right? Yeah. So mean with each other. It's all the hurtful stuff. Yeah. And then she says, what do you love about me? What do you love right now? And he can't answer. She says, I don't want to hear I love you just out of habit. Yeah. So, um, quite the blow up. Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough thing to watch having, you know, sort of the whole season kind of build them up as like, know, you know, know, the most perfect couple. Right. Right. And we had Jack as just being like the most perfect man on earth. And all of a sudden we're seeing him not being the most perfect man on earth. And it's a little bit of a shock, especially when we start seeing the stuff in his background, you know, that was going on. Uh, yeah. When she comes down the next morning, he slept on the sofa. And she's like, so sorry. And she says, I feel terrible, but we meant what we said. Yeah. Right. We hate the way we said it, but we both really meant what we said. And uh, she says, Go stay with Miguel for a while. And Jack agrees. Yeah. Right. So they're going to split up. They're going to give each other some space. And her immediate concern, and I think this is so true of any woman with kids who is maybe on the verge of splitting from her husband, the marriage isn't going well, and she's like, we're going to mess up the kids. Like, yeah. what do I tell them? And Jack's like, just tell them the truth. Tell him we had an argument and we need some space. Yeah. You know, tell him we had a fight. Then he says, the kids will be fine. This is just a blip on the radar. And we hear him talking about this, about, you know, the kids are going to make good decisions. They're going to make bad decisions. They're going to do things that will knock us off our feet. And the whole time he's talking about it, like we see um, Kate and Toby and Kate, was looking at a picture of her mom and says, I know what I want to do now. I want to sing. Right. And we see Kevin heading out to LA to go read for another part. And he kisses Sophie goodbye. Yeah. Um, We see Randall with the pic of his dad and the photo album of his childhood, kind of remembering who he was as a kid. And he goes to Beth and says, I want to adopt a baby. Yeah. Right. So as Jack is talking about all the kind of decisions their kids are going to make, we're hearing all these decisions being made at the end of season one that that are blowing us away. Kate's decided she's going to sing, that this is going to be her career. Kevin decides to leave Sophie behind in New York to go try out for the part. And Randall says, I want to adopt the kid. That was like the biggest bombshell, I think. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I definitely think thinking about where Randall is in his story arc at this point, um, it makes total sense to me that that's what would occur to him as being the next step. Yep. I think so. Anyway, gave me goosebumps. <laughs> totally gave me goosebumps. Now we flip back in time 
and we see Rebecca show up for her blind date, which we're assuming is going to be Jack. And of course not. (laughs) And when she, I love it because she's so open with the waitress, with the hostess when she walks into the restaurant. Yeah. I always try to play it cool, but she just says right away, I'm here for a blind date. This dude better show up. I could be on open mic tonight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just another, like, a sort of a repetition of that, like, ships passing in the night. You think you're seeing them being set up as, you know, um, young adults, but actually um, they're being set up with other people. Right. Right. So um, then we see Jack and Dee outside the bar, and Jack is planning on robbing it. He's like, he's done with being the good guy, and he needs a leg up. So, you know, they plan how this old guy closes out the register at 8.30 every night. You phone him. I know he'll leave the register open to answer the phone. I just scoop up all the good Friday night cash out the door. Yeah. Right? So he goes in the bar. He orders a drink. He waits for him to start to close it out. As he goes to pay for the drink, he finds the blind note date, the blind date note in his pocket. He's like, oh, crap. (laughs) I'm supposed to be somewhere else, and I'm not. Yeah. Um, and that if that's the point where we see Rebecca's blind date shows up and it's not Jack. It's mm-hmm. some geeky stuffed shirt guy talking right. about acquisitions and mergers until she is so bored. She just kind of dumps him. She's like, I'm sorry. You're a really nice guy, but I got to leave. <laughs> I'm going to go sing. Going to go sing. Yeah. So Jack is at the bar. The phone rings, the register's open, he gets up, and when he gets up and turns to go take the money from the register, he sees Rebecca. Now, in hindsight, when I watched this, I was just like, oh, dang. And in hindsight, I go, this is so schmaltzy. I can't believe they wrote it like this. Yeah. But but it is so perfect, too. It gives you that emotional impact. She's singing Moonshadow, and he can't take his eyes off her. And he forgets to rob the bar. Yeah. Right? This is so good. And then we come back to 1989. Right? And Jack tells Rebecca that the day that they met, he stood up a blind date. Okay. And she wonders who she was. Like, I wonder I wonder who she was and where she is now. And Jack said, I never did. It's another Jack line that it just goes like right to the heart. Guys should be making cliff notes on this show. (laughs) They really should. Yeah. Um, And then he goes into a whole Jack speech about, you know, I love the mother that you are. You're still the most beautiful woman in any room. I love that you dance funny. It's not even sexy, but for somehow to me it is. You know, that whole Jack I love you're still the one, the same woman all those years ago who stood up a blind date to go sing. Yeah. And he said, you were not only my great love story, you were my big break. Yeah. I know it. Why can't somebody just say that stuff to me? (laughs) (laughs) Where's Jack? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then he says, before he goes out the door, I promise you this love story is just getting started. Yeah. You know, and then he goes. So, you know, it's like, I'm going to go stay with Miguel. 
that we aren't over. Yeah. You know, it's that reassurance. We aren't over yet. Um, and then they pan in on Becca, who is crying. And you see her with the necklace that we often wondered about, the little half moon necklace that he gave her, clearly for the song Moon Shadow. Right. Because she was singing when he met her. Right. So that's where the finale leads us. Right? Yes. So, um, of course, we still have Jack's death open-ended. We still do not know what happened or exact. I mean, we know when it happened based on the kids' ages because they tell us that. But, um, you know, we don't know where, who was, when, and what happened. I assume that's coming this season. I don't know how much longer they could possibly put it off. Yeah, I don't think they're going to drag it out much longer. Yeah. But we'll get to that in the next part of this podcast, right. which I will warn anybody. We're not spoiling yet, but when we get to discussing the trailer for season two and that stuff, it's not really spoiler, spoiler stuff because it's out there. But if you haven't watched that part and you don't want to know, we'll tell you when to just get the heck out of this podcast. Shut us down so we don't spoil you. Um, but now for season one, um, I said 17 million viewers at the end. I was just blown away. The premiere date, for anyone who doesn't know, season two is premiering on September 26th at 9 Eastern. Looks like they still have it on Tuesday nights, and they had talked about moving it early on. Do you remember that? Because a lot of viewers were posting and upset and like, wait a minute. No, you can't change it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do actually remember that being a thing. I I still maybe had in mind that it was moving. But like I said, it doesn't make any difference to me. Whatever day it comes out, I watch it the next morning on Hulu. Right, right. Most of the time I did. A few times I was staying up for it. But, you know, I'm just at that age where I, you know, (laughs) I'm in bed early. And I still have friends who sometimes will text me like at 1030 at night, like I'm supposed to be coherent enough to want to text back. And I just think, silly person all my devices go on do not disturb automatically by 9 p.m (laughs) because i don't i don't want to know the only thing i want to hear from is maybe my nest alarms okay (laughs) the house is burning down of course the other night i had one of the nest alarms go crazy when they get old they go crazy and they start saying there's smoke in the bedroom there's smoke in the bedroom and i'm like no there's not and it (laughs) It kept going off, so I took it downstairs to the kitchen. Yeah. Right? Because I thought I have to shut this thing up. And I was I had it turned over. It was like being in two what was it? The two thousand and one Space Odyssey where they had the computer named was the computer named Hell? Yeah. Yeah. The guy's name was Dave. And Dave is trying to shut Hell down and Hell's going, I can't do that, Dave. Yeah. I can't open the bay door. I'm taking the screws out of the back of my nest alarm. And it's saying this, what? The alarm cannot be hushed. The alarm will sound. The alarm is loud. The alarm cannot be hushed. And then it just started repeating. The alarm cannot be hushed. Because if smoke is at a certain level, you can't wave it off. Yeah. Um, You know. And now I'm taking batteries out. Like I've got two of the six batteries out and it's still saying the alarm cannot be hushed. The alarm cannot be hushed. And I'm going, what's happening with this alarm? 
<laughs> Thank God by the time I got the last battery out, it stopped. <laughs> I just yeah. Left that on the counter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, it's funny, those things. I, I think like my parents have a system at the beach house that's supposed to tell them when there's somebody at the front door. And every time the wind blows really hard, it says that there's somebody at the front door. So it's oh, super, super useful. Hitchcock stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't need that. I'm one of those. I don't, don't even go down in my basement at night. Yeah. And that's because I guess because I'm a California girl and we didn't even have basements. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody has a basement in California. And when I moved to the East Coast and I was looking to buy a house up here, and every house she was showing me, she was like, well, and now here's the stairs down to the basement. And I'm going, do I really have to see that part? <laughs> she thought it was hilarious that I thought they were creepy. Yeah. Everybody gets murdered when they go into the basement. We know that. So season <laughs> one, we got to see this whole beautiful unraveling and revealing love story between Jack and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Right. We totally fell in love with them. At yeah. Least some people only fell in love with Jack. Right. And we're um, in love with Rebecca. It's very interesting. Rebecca has definitely been um, a character that's really been divisive for people. I think so. And I don't know why, because I really kind of empathize with her a lot on a lot of things. Yeah, I think, I guess it's just, um, I don't know, maybe maybe relative to Jack, she feels so... Um, not superhuman, like just like a regular person yep. um, who, you know, sometimes, you know, says and does things she doesn't mean or like that are not um, warranted or, um, you know, and she can be selfish and like whatever. But I don't necessarily that means she's a bad person or a bad fit for Jack. But yeah. I think people are just so attached to Jack, who to me still, as much as I enjoy it, is kind of more than any real human could be. Yeah, I think so. And I think the comparison between the two and most of the time your heart's going to go out to Jack because Jack is so friggin perfect. I mean, and he's also he like the, he gets all the good lines. He does get all the good lines. He gets all the and good lines. Like his whole backstory, you know, he's kind of like the underdog who makes it, you know, with the strength of his love for Rebecca and his family. Like, he can't not love Jack. And his um, determination to be a good guy. Yeah. Because his dad wasn't. And he, yeah. he's like, I'm going to be the good guy. Right? That It's like his whole psyche is that's what it's wrapped up in. Yeah. Um. We meet the big three when they're born, right? Yeah. Um, we see them adopt Randall. Then we see Randall grown up, find his biological father, William. And we go on that whole story arc with William, mm-hmm. which was so good. Like we were yeah. attached to William and then he died. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. were attached to William. Um we get to learn about Beth and Randall's relationship, mm-hmm. which I think everybody loves Beth and Randall together. I agree. I think um, at least up to this point, it's always kind of seemed like 
um, they know each other so well and they really kind of function as this beautiful complement to each other. Yeah, one of my favorite lines from Randall is everything's everything's better with a little Beth in it. Yeah. Which is like, that was so good. I loved that. Or a little Beth on it. Yeah. Um, we meet Kate, who struggles with her weight, big time, big time issues. It's kind of like the central drama of her life in many ways. Yeah. Right. Which is what drew me to podcasting this show. Mm-hmm. As you know, I am big on coaching stop overeating mm-hmm. and on normal, the, the regular diets that we've all been taught over the last decades are all a big lie. And how to lose weight without that big lie of calories in, calories out. Because that's yeah. total failure. Total failure, people. <laughs> so, too, you know, you really get you really get the sense, sometimes imperfectly in how they show it, but you really get the sense where in some ways, um, even though this weight struggle existed before Jack died, in many ways we kind of see that um instead of making you know the central drama of her life about her father's death which is i think the real underlying issue um kate you know has has stuck with food and and her weight because that's what's felt comfortable for her right right so anyway that's what really kind of drew me to want to podcast this. I'm typing in the comments. I want to hear where people are from. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, Right. That's what drew me to want to podcast this. Because I was right away like, I want to coach Kate. I need Kate in my class, right? Yeah. Um, And then as it unfolded, I was like, oh, all these people need me to coach them. (laughs) These people have dysfunctional lives, but that's what it's all about. Um, yeah. Then we see Kate meet Toby, right, which another relationship that just kind of stole our heart. At first, I thought Toby was a bit much. Yeah. But then I just kind of like he grew on me. Yeah. I mean, he kind of is a bit much, but I think maybe we're going to see more and more that that's that's his defense mechanism. And for whatever reason, in its own little dysfunctional way, um, that's maybe exactly what Kate needed. Because yeah. um, I think, you know, pre-Toby, we really see Kate making her whole life about, uh, outside of her weight struggle, her whole life's about her brother and how she's that's right. Know, I remember that in orbit with her twin. Yeah. Right. And Toby's the one that really brings her out from the background. Remember that episode where she opens the door and he's got a red carpet rolled out and a limousine and he's got the hat on and the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, no, this is your day. And, um, you know, really draws her out of herself, which was so perfect. My shout out to Stacy, who's watching us from Washington State. I mean, she was up early, early this morning. Right. Out uh, on the West Coast. Yeah. And Rebecca just joined. Rebecca. Hi. Love I love you. Rebecca. Um, OK, so then also um, we we get a glimpse into Kevin's adult life, which is acting in the Manny. Yeah. <laughs> which was so hilarious. It was so good. He um, decides he's going to leave the show. 
he wants to go to New York. He wants to do serious acting. Yeah. Right. And I kind of love that throughout the whole first season, they kept coming back to that. Like everybody he would try to meet on a serious level and they would go, aren't you the Manny? (laughs) I don't know if they'll keep that up through season two. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And our shocker from Kevin is when he, when it's revealed to us that he and Sophie were married, like Mm -hmm. Sophie was his sister's best friend. Yes. And they had a marriage that they divorced from. And he kind of admits he came back to New York really looking to connect with her mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's what we just fell in love with all through yeah. season one. And then, so yeah. And now we have this, I wonder what they're, where they're going with him going out to California. I wonder if this relationship is going to continue through that or, or what's going to happen with Kevin and Sophie. Yeah, I don't know that, you know, and when we get to the next part of this podcast, the showrunner alludes to some things, but he really doesn't mention anything specifically about, um, I was going to say the man, he, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So the show wrapped up with 11 Emmy nominations. Okay. We had best television series at the Golden Globe Awards. Um, best drama series for the Critics Choice Awards. I mean, they just were have been cleaning up all over the place, right? And were renewed for the second and third season. Yeah. Back in January, they renewed. So yeah. we know we've got two more seasons of this. At least. At least, which is awesome. Oh, let's run through a little bit of our listener feedback before we go on to um, – Look forward to season two. Cool. Okay. One of our loyal listeners, I hope she's here. Cheryl, I hope you're on here. Hi, Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl Fox wrote us. Um, and I'm just going to kind of synopsisize because she reviews a lot of what happened in the show, which we just did. Yeah. So everybody has it fresh in their mind. But she always gives us her big three highlights of the episode. I yeah. love that. Um, her first big three highlight was she loved the backstories of both Jack and Rebecca. Yeah. And I loved it too. I loved finally seeing exactly how they met. Yeah. That was so good. Um, and she brings up an interesting question. She says, did Rebecca settle for a man because she kept getting rejected by the record company because she was getting rejected by the record company? I mean, maybe that opened her mind to it, but I don't, I think it's clear from the way that they put the episode together that she wasn't just going to settle for any man. Yeah. I don't think so either. Cause she even walked out on that blind date saying, look, I got an open mic. Yeah. And basically he was like, just not her type. And she could have grabbed onto this guy. Yeah. Clearly had a, a good position, you know, he was talking acquisitions and mergers, has a secretary. Totally. So this is the kind of guy her girlfriends should think should be her diversification, right, right of her career. Grab this guy. Um, and she was like, no, 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 I got to go sing. Got to go sing. Yeah. I don't think she was settling at all. No. And I think, I think it's not been talked about a ton, but I think it seems that um, until until the kids were born at very least, I think Rebecca continued to sing that whole time. Yeah. 
So, which, which was long because we know for a fact that they were together for quite some time. They were married for quite some time before they decided to have children. Right. Right. So, yeah, Rebecca probably keeps at this singing thing for like a decade after after meeting Jack. Mm-hmm. So um, her number two of her big three highlights is the big fight where she just loved the job that Mandy and Milo did with that. Mm-hmm. And they really did. They were good. They were like yelling over top of each other. I mean, this was well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she points out is she says she thinks part of that frustration came out because she knew Jack was right about Ben all along. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this was already frustrating her. He had already sensed it in the bar and she knew yeah. Jack was right. And that. Yeah. I think, I think she knew, um, she would have had to know through all those practices at night with him that he was into her and she was trying to convince herself that that wasn't what this was about for him. And I do think she was probably guilty about it, which is probably why she blurted out immediately. Is this why you wanted me in the band or whatever? Good point. Good point. Yeah. So, um, and Cheryl said, they say what we are sometimes afraid to say, don't they? Yeah. And I'll agree with that, Cheryl. You know, especially in that fight, the things I heard Mandy saying or Rebecca saying uh, really hit home to some younger years of mine where I felt, like I said, when she said, I feel like I'm a ghost. And I just kind of went, oh, my God, every 40-year-old woman with teenage kids. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, they say things that we would be uh, that we're afraid to admit to ourselves even. Yeah, it's great because I think it it can encourage people to open up dialogue in their marriage, especially if they both watch an episode like that. Yeah. Yeah. Her third favorite was Jack's monologue Ah, when Rebecca came out of the bedroom and said, you know, go stay. We already talked about that. And that monologue was like. Yeah. So perfect. It was so Jack going out the door, right? Yeah. So I love your feedback, Cheryl. C- keep it up, even when we are tardy on doing some of our episodes. We won't be in season two. We talked about this. We we're going to set a schedule and stick to it like grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has to be in the calendar ahead of time. Yeah. Like grown-ups. Yeah. Rita Roberts sent us some feedback. I didn't have time to like scan through this, so I'm just going to scan through it as we go along here. Um, she says that her obsession with This Is Us is infamous amongst her circle of friends. <laughs> and she is happy to say to date she's introduced at least 20 people to the TV show. <laughs> right. She says shamed them, asked them to take a good look at their life and their choices. Contributing to that extra 4 million viewers we we picked up throughout the season. That's right. That's right. And I want to say, Rita, now you need to tell your 20 friends about this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> They'll come listen to our podcast in iTunes or Google Music Play. Yeah. So tell them. They have to check this out. And she said, um, said so now I face months without new episodes. Right. And a thought struck 
her, I wonder if there's a podcast for this show. And uh, there we were. There we are. <laughs> Thank goodness. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people found us sort of in the off season here. Yeah, they might have. She said she binged all our episodes over three days. I love it. That's dedication because we get long-winded sometimes. We can, yes. Yeah. Um, so um, the, she says in the first episode, oh, she's recapping everything. This is a great season one recap. Get it, Rita. The first episode, you said you had a hard time believing in Toby. You felt he was too good to be true. But she met him on her birthday, and I believe what Jack said was true. Nothing bad ever happens on your birthday. Was yeah. that it? Yeah. So Toby was a good thing. Oh, I love that. Um, number two, Beth, you said you felt she was a bit pushy with Rebecca telling Randall she knew William. Oh, yeah. I thought that um, Beth was a little bit pushy about that. Like, you have to tell him, you have to tell him. And Rebecca's like, you know, I'm going to, but, right? Um, and she said, I laugh because as a black woman, I tell you, this reaction was 100% accurate. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. It's a very cultural thing to be super defensive of our husband and furthermore to have these blurred boundaries with an extended family. I find this even more true with a loving family. It's like, of course, I'm calling her on she on her crap. She's family. Right. And it makes me laugh to and think of my own family. That's perfect. That's why I love I've got to give props to another podcast. I love Sister Speak Podcast Network. It's S-I-S-T-A-H, Sister Speak. They podcast from a sister's point of view. And you, you kind of hear that in their podcast, that back and forth, that family thing. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So check them yeah. out, people. They yeah. podcast um, Game of Thrones and they podcast The Walking Dead. And if you do not want to hear swearing, you might want to take a pass on their podcast because <laughs> they are just right out there. It's over the top, but they, they do crack me up. And Sister K is the one that helped me get things set up for my very first podcast when I launched Widowcast and Weight Coach. She just reached right out to me and said, what do you need help with to get those out there? Love it. So I owe her a debt of gratitude. And she did see, um, season one, episode one with me. So if you listen to episode one, that's Sister K from the Sister Speak podcast. Um, okay. Rebecca, I agree that people are hard on her. I feel so bad for her. She has thrown a lot. She's had a lot thrown on her in short spurts of time. That's true. Her kid dies. She adopts a baby. Postpartum. <laughs> she has hashtag give Rebecca a break. Yeah. <laughs> I like that hashtag. Um, Miguel, we hate him because we aren't sure he wasn't lusting for Rebecca. Mm -hmm. I did soften, though, after he talked to Kevin. Yeah. I think he's lonely and this is his friend. Oh, so true. That's something I totally didn't notice. When my husband died, it's almost three years ago now, and um, I would talk to his best friend on the phone because we're on opposite sides of the country, and I realized that he was grieving almost as much as I was. I mean, he was really grieving for his friend. Yeah. And I'm sure Miguel went through that, too. In yeah. The series, the same thing. 
Randall's mother. I'm so, I was so happy that they told you more about her other than this drug addict. That seems to be a big lesson of the show that we aren't all one thing. We have good and bad within us. That's true. I don't think we've really seen enough of his mom, though. I really still don't just have a good grasp on who his mother really was. Do you? No. I don't. And her season two wish list, let's do this fast, more about Beth's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know a little bit about, we know Beth's father died of cancer. We know a little bit, and we know that Beth um, had a career before the girls and that she kind of has given it up to be at home with them. Um, but we could definitely know more about Beth. I think so. I think so. She wants to know what split up the big three. And she must be talking about that rift that was between Kevin and Randall, that somewhere like around the third or fourth show, we got a real good feeling of there's a big rift between these two guys. I think I think it wasn't one thing. I feel like they've shown us that, that it was. Because she's questioning. She's saying it, it had to be more than Jack's death. We don't know. I don't necessarily think so. And I think we're supposed to think that um Kate and Randall are amicable. I think it was just yeah. the rift between, you know, the um biological son who was sort of the popular kid, um, you know, jock type, and the adopted son who's black and who is sort of a brainy nerd and um where like in in the natural sort of resentment that they have over each other, right. each feeling like the other one has something that they can't have or or um, should have but don't. Yeah, and I think it's because uh, Jack always kind of went the extra mile with Randall too. Well, and same with and Rebecca. Kevin saw that, right? Exactly. She, but on the flip side, you know, he's treating my brother better than he's treating me. Right, and then on the flip side, from Randall's point of view, um, I mean, of course, to some degree, feeling a little bit out of the orbit would be normal but um also you know he's there when the grandparents just want to take a picture of kevin and kate right right yeah and we saw that episode where uh, randall is a little kid is like going up to black people in the grocery store asking if they can curl their tongue yeah like, right because <laughs> that's like a, a genetic trait right so yeah we know how that is. Well, I'm going to stop on Rita's feedback because the rest of it, she is speculating on Jack's death. And I don't want to do that until we get to season two for people who don't want to hear stuff about season two. So um, we can move on to that now. Shout out to Stacy, who's on this. She says the show is already great. It's like parenthood, but more emotional. And, um, I, you know, I didn't watch parenthood. Neither. I'm going to have to go back and binge watch that sometime. I totally missed out on it. And so many people identify this back and forth with parenthood. Um, I, I think this, it's like the same director, the same producer. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into taking a look at season two, the trailer, and um, some of what I picked up from an interview with the showrunner. So now is your chance. If you do not want to know anything about season two, you want to get the heck out of here, 
we understand if you jump off, if you're listening to the podcast, because we're going to put the audio up for this, um, turn us off. Okay, first we're going to talk about the trailer. So if you saw the trailer, that's cool. But then we're going to get into some other stuff from that interview with um, Dan Fogelman. Cool. I feel like we've disclaimed it enough, shall we? Have I disclaimed it enough? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. You have to say it loud because people doze off listening to the podcast and then they <laughs> wake up and they're hearing stuff from the next season. So wake up, spoiler alert. <laughs> so season two, um, the trailer, where's my stuff on the trailer? There it is. Let's start there. Because the whole trailer, it doesn't show us everybody. It just shows us really Randall and Rebecca, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Randall's telling his mom Beth is struggling with the adoption. Mm-hmm. So I guess Beth isn't 100% down for this. This is yeah. like all Randall's pushing. Um, so he asked her how they decided to adopt. Mm-hmm. And at first, Rebecca says, well, it's complicated. Yeah. Which is what you say when you don't want to tell the truth. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then we see Jack showing Rebecca the baby in the nursery in the hospital. Like, yeah. you know, she's still in hospital gowns and he's got her standing in front of the windows. And he's saying, look at this. He was brought in at the same time. He had to have been born at the same moment. And they put him in the nursery right next to our babies. He was at the exact right place at the exact right time. Can't you feel it? Can't you feel how this is meant to be? And and she's just looking stunned. She's just looking stunned. And you hear her say, no. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of a big revelation that she initially said no to adopting him. I would have said no. I think I still think it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this crazy thing. So she said no. And she tells Randall, I mean, she, she lets Randall know like, Hey, I said no. Yeah. And she said, Jack pushed and insisted your dad pushed. And she tells him this so that he knows sometimes someone has to push and make the big moves in the relationship. Yeah. Because right now he's having to push Beth. Yeah. Right. And she tells him, your dad made me accept the stranger. And that stranger became my child. Mm-hmm. And that child became my life. That child became you. So and she tells Randall, you know, our marriage wasn't perfect. Your dad wasn't perfect. But he was close. He was as close to perfect as someone can come. It was like this really beautiful scene. This was a short trailer, just this one little piece of scene. But it was so emotional watching it. Great trailer. So what do you think? Do you think that Beth and Randall will get adopt the baby? Or is Beth going to hold out entirely? I think they're getting a baby. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we want them to have a baby. Let's just make that happen. <laughs> and I don't know. Like both girls are in school now. 
Who wants him? I know. Beth's right at the point where she wants to go back to work. So I get exactly why she's like, come on, honey. Now, really? Um, But I think they're getting a baby. That's what I think. I don't know. You hit certain places in your life. Like I've had people telling me I need to get a dog. I need to get more cats. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, don't make me have, don't make me have cats here. Cause then I have to worry about them. Yeah. And I'm kind of liking that I'm at a place in my life where I can take off without worrying about anything. Well, she's not going to have that level of freedom for a long time. Anyway. Well, I know, but she's starting to get a taste of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's going to stay home. He quit his job. That's true. Maybe he'll stay home, and Beth will go back to work. And that's how they're going to get it done. I don't know, but I strongly feel like they wouldn't have introduced this plot line if they didn't want to go there. I think they're going to let the tension play out all through season two. I don't don't think think we're going to – yeah, I don't think we're adopting a baby till the end. I don't think it'll happen immediately, but I think it will happen. Okay. I'm, I'm making my prediction right now. Fair enough. We don't I see don't... that baby until the finale of season two. Um, I think sooner than that, but we'll see. We're going to find out. <laughs> I think we get that tension all the way through. Um, okay. We're going full on into season two. Spoiler, this was an interview done with uh, Dan Fogelman. So if you don't want to know, get out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, Dan Fogelman says that season two will indeed answer how Jack died. Okay. And it's going to feature still Sylvester Stallone. Huh. Is that cool? We're going to have Sylvester Stallone. I and guess everybody wants to be on this show. Even though he's like there for just that one episode. Fogelman says that um, he stressed the part has the potential to get bigger. Mm. So we might see Stallone more than once. Fascinating. Right? And a guest spot on the show. I think that's totally fun. But the showrunner says um, the question that has haunted people, right, I guess about Jack's death, um, over the course of the second season, they're going to get all the answers. That he says over the course of the second season. So yeah. I don't think we find out everything in the the premiere of season two. Oh, I'm sure not. I'm sure. Yeah, not. they're not going to give it to us. Although he says the first episode has a giant piece of the puzzle that will potentially set the Internet abuzz. And Just trying to get us all excited. And make hopefully sure. give some momentum towards that storyline. Mm hmm. So, but no, I could truly see them writing it that way. Like, in our season opener, let's just drop a bomb. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. They want to get people engaged and wanting to watch the rest of the season and also hype people up to tune into the first episode. So, of course, they're going to make a splash if they can. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's interesting. He said that season two will pick up the day after the fight in the past that Rebecca and Jack had. So it picks up like the day after that fight. We don't even go back to present time. Um, The present day storyline will pick up with the big three. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And it will be the big three celebrating their 37th birthday. Oh, okay. Remember our premiere of season one, they were celebrating their 36th birthday. Yeah. Looks like maybe each season we get another birthday. Yeah. All right. So each season will be sort of like a year of their life in the, in the current timeline. Yeah. And I like that. I really like that. Yeah. Um, he said the premise of our show is how the past informs the present. So the characters yeah. exist in scenes happening at earlier times. Yeah. Okay. And he said, Ron is opening our season in our own way. Talking about the guy who plays William. Okay. So he says somebody dying in the show doesn't affect things. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean they're written off the show because right. the show happens at multiple timelines. Right. So I think what he's hinting is we get a lot more William in season two. We thought William was, you know, kind of gone from the show. It's like, nope. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that. Just like when we get to Jack's death, we're not going to be, Jack's not going to be off the show. He's still going to be on the show because Jack has been dead since the first episode, if you think about it. Right. Did we know in the first episode? No, I don't think we knew. We didn't know, but he was. Like, we think oh, well, was. yeah, he was. We, he was. <laughs> Standpoint. I think we know we knew for sure until Rebecca or till Kate picked up the urn of ashes. Yes, we did not know for sure until then. Although everybody speculated about why don't we see him in the in the modern timeline? Right. Um, and um, yet, of course, um, from the first day of the first episode, their thirty sixth birthday, Jack had already been dead for twenty years. So 20 years. Yeah, that's right. There were 16. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right. so, and we do start questioning it because I think it's not by by the third episode that we see Rebecca with Miguel as grandma and grandpa. Yeah. And I think we've had Jack in not every episode. I don't think he was in the episode where William died, but I think we've had Jack in almost every episode. So I think we can expect that while we may not have William in every episode, we will yeah. be seeing him from time to time when the writers feel it's relevant. Yeah. So um, Fogelman says, so while Jack's death will be explained in season two, they're already prepping another big whopper of a mystery. So we're going to leave season two with another big question, question mark yeah. like, well Jack's death will have been answered for us we'll know the answer to that one but that there's going to be something else come up that makes us you know speculate and wonder and speculate have somewhat inflammatory Laura. discussions in the this is us Facebook group and all that good stuff that we secretly love yeah <laughs> and um, back to Rita's feedback she said she saw a theory online that she thought was the best, and that was that Jack dies in a plane crash. I think I saw something about that, too. Have you? No, but I don't know why it would be a plane crash. That's just so random. I think he's going to have a heart attack, personally. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. They back it up with all this evidence of a crash that happened in PA around the time. I wonder if that's the 9-11 plane. Well, no, it could. I guess it. The one the passengers took down? 
I guess it could be. I'm trying to think of when they'd be 16. I know it. I know it. Um, I'll so have to do the math. I can't do the math in my head. My head will explode. I, think I don't think it adds up. I don't think it adds up to 9-11. They're the 16 in like the mid 90s. So we yeah. still got another like six, seven years till 9-11. I think so. Although, you know, it'd be cool if Jack was the one that like crashed the plane, but. Of course people want to make him that. He's, I don't he's hero enough without having to do that. I do not think he's going to have a heroic death. I also don't think he's going to have like a self-inflicted death from drinking or something like that. Like I said, I think he's going to have a heart attack or something similar to that. Could be, could be, you know, and she talks about um, all the guilt that Kate has about her dad's death. Like she was daddy's little girl. And um, so there is something. She does. She has said she feels like it's her fault. Yeah. Um, which, you know, could mean anything, in my opinion, because I think a lot of times we try and blame ourselves for things extremely irrationally in that kind of situation mm-hmm. that just no person who isn't, you know, in extreme emotional distress would think that that was her fault so you know maybe he has a heart attack and they had a hamburger together every Sunday who knows who knows but she (laughs) said it would make sense that Rebecca might have accidentally said something in the midst of her grief and anger that pointed a finger towards Kate you know and and this would explain this kind of the strained relationship we had been seeing between Kate and her mom yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess I guess there could be something more than what's there. Um, I, I again, I feel like it's kind of like the strain between Kevin and Randall. I feel like they have explained that, and sometimes mm-hmm. um, things just build over time. You take something that seems small and you give it, you know, twenty years to percolate. And it just becomes a way of being or a way of treating each other or like a mode of the relationship. And so so to me, it's explained by, you know, the fact that Kate um, sort of resented her mom for being thin and beautiful when she wasn't. Um, And also for, you know, maybe trying to, I'm, I think that that also resentment will probably be shown to have come even more from, you know, um, Rebecca trying to step in and take control and, you know, get Kate to lose weight um, in the way that many moms do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could. Children. It could also be that when Jack leaves and goes to stay with Miguel, that Kate just automatically blames her mom for that. Absolutely could be. It, it's certainly possible that that's the case. Certainly, um we see throughout we've seen throughout the series so far that um, Kate and Jack have this kind of perfect daddy daughter relationship and that at least for most of Kate's life, it has not ever been like that between her and Rebecca. Right. Right. Which, you know, is true. I mean, a lot of us were just daddy girls at heart. And um, if we don't know as kids exactly what's going on in the background, which they're not going to know as kids, she's not going to tell them, you know, your daddy turned into a drunk and was nasty and mean. And, you know, I mean, she's not going to tell Kate that part. 
Yeah. So Kate's, all Kate's going to see is like, hey, dad moved out. What did you say to him to make him move out? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get that. So um, I think that just about wraps it up. Unless you have anything that you were able to investigate, uncover, notice on the Internet. I've been kind of staying away from it, actually, because I just want to see what's going to happen. Um, I'm feeling very relaxed about it and, um, not, unfortunately my, probably if it had popped up in my Facebook feed, I would have clicked on like spoiler, spoilery, um, types of articles, but I haven't been going to look for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just excited to see what they are. The writers are bringing us next. Yeah, me too. Me too. The only article that I had come across was the interview with Dan Fogelman about season two. Well, I'm glad I got to hear about that. Yeah, and even that doesn't, I don't think, spoils much. Because we know this show has so many twists and turns. And as I said at the start of this, I'm just looking forward to watching something on TV that feels normal and emotional, make me cry, make me laugh. I don't want to watch the news anymore. (laughs) I just want to watch This Is Us, right? It'll be here before we know it. It is going to be here before we know it. It's going to be here on Tuesday, September 26th. Yeah. Which yeah. probably means the following week we'll, we'll, sometime we'll be putting out our next episode. Right? That long? You know, I was going to say, this might be fun. We might have to do it like the, the next day. Just jump on live yeah, and Facebook live in the morning. Hash it and trash it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it would be the next evening because, you know, neither one of us are going to stay up Tuesday night to watch it. We're going to DVR it and watch it the next day. Well, I would, but like I said, I'd never watch live TV, so the odds of that happening seem relatively slim. But sometime in between the first episode airing and the second episode airing. (laughs) We'll be back to talk about it for sure. (laughs) We'll be back to dish the season premiere. So um, thank you guys for joining us today here. I know a lot of you will be watching this afterwards because this Facebook Live will stay up. Share it with your friends. Go share it to all the websites you know. Yeah. And bring us some attention. Seeing this in a share, you should, and and this is the first you've ever heard of us in this podcast, you can definitely go ahead and check out the other episodes, don't you think, Joanne? That's right. That's right. I tried to post this link up in the This Is Us group, and they – the admin just never put it through. So, but everybody else can share it. And go into iTunes and leave us a review, you guys. Even if you just leave us the five stars, you can rate it. You don't have to type rate it. Rate it whatever you want. We're not allowed to tell them to get, leave us five stars. That's right. <laughs> whatever you want. You can leave us whatever stars you want. But what I'm saying is you can leave a star rating and not have to type anything in, yeah. which helps it. But we love to um, hear back from our people. So, and I know iTunes, I don't think either iTunes or Google Music Play make it very easy for people to leave reviews. Oh, I definitely. They have got to fix that. If you are subscribed to the podcast, you still have to go in and search for it again like you're looking for it the first time. Yeah. You have to go into that little search magnifying glass Put in This Is Us podcast. Then you can see where it says reviews, and you tap on reviews, and you'll see where you can tap on leave a review. 
So go leave a review for us. Share the heck out of this. Get the word out there. 17 million people. We should have a lot more listeners. <laughs> right? Well, and let's hope that uh, people start getting the word about us this coming season. So that we can get more amazing listener feedback and talk to people. It's one of our favorite parts of it. I would love it because the more people we get to tune into this, the more fun it's going to be. And also keep sending us that viewer feedback. We love it. Send it to Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. It's on the board behind me, JoanneTheLifeCoach.com, right? And as I said, the email is just joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. Put feedback or this is us in the subject line so that when I see it come in right away, I know we've got some feedback and I'll print it out for our next podcast. We love to hear your impressions of the show. We love to hear what you think, your feedback about what we say, just your impressions or ideas that you got from watching the show. So, everybody, we're going to see you real soon after September 26th. Yep, just a couple weeks away, and we will be back and have, I'm sure, lots of exciting new stuff to talk about from the first episode. We absolutely will. So, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will see you in a couple weeks. Bye.